Hi everyone, uh, welcome to another episode of Legends of the Spire, great to have you with us. My name's Dave and as always each week I take you through the career of one of our former players at Chestfield uh, and this week it's with Ollie Banks. Now most people probably remember Ollie from when he was uh, at the club between 2013 and 2016. Part of that title winning team under Paul Cook and the team that got to the playoffs the season after as well. But his history with Chesterfield goes way further back than that, uh, as his dad, Ian Banks, uh, was one of the coaches alongside uh, Nicky Law uh, back in the old Saltergate days. So he remembers as a kid having a kickabout uh, with the crash mats under the old wooden stands at Saltergate with the, uh, with the Law boys. Um, and it was really uh, interesting to have a chat with him uh, about those early years and how it formulated his uh, life uh, as a footballer. Uh, we obviously also had a good chat about title winning seasons under Paul Cook as well and he's now at Barrow where he's just had his uh, best goal scoring season um, so still going great guns in his career. As always we are at Spy Legends on uh, Twitter and Instagram, Legends of the Spire on Facebook so it would be great to hear from you uh, and please do like, share, subscribe, uh, whatever it is you do on whatever platform you are listening or watching on. But here we are the latest episode of Legends of the Spire with Ollie Banks. You grew up in kind of a footballing house, I suppose, didn't you? Yeah, very much so, yeah. Um, obviously, my dad played. Uh, he had a long, good career, to be fair to him. Um Cousins all played. Um, you'll you'll know Josh, Nick, um, Law Brothers. Um, so yeah, it was it was all I ever knew really. So kind of inevitable that I was going to try and be a, a footballer. Um, there was no other option really. <laughs> <laughs> What's yeah. it like, kind of growing up? Growing up then as like a. Uh, a kind of a footballer do you get kind of coached do you <laughs> are you just like kicking about all the time or, or you get are you getting subtly coached yeah I think there's always there's always been a coaching uh, a side of it um but no it was good it was it, it was really good um I only got to watch my dad what I remember through, on the, the back end of his career um got to watch him a little bit non-league when he when he retired professionally so yeah I used to but my dad always used to take me everywhere with him no matter like golfing I'd always go golfing from being young really young um probably why I'm a decent golfer now I, I, it was always from a really young age my dad would take me everywhere with him and so it was the same with football when he played non-league I went everywhere with him in the dressing room. So I, I always say to people, I think it was a a good thing for me that because when I went into a an environment, it weren't a shock for me like it is for a lot of players because it can be a very, uh, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it, what type of environment it's, it's like nothing else. Mm. So it, it was a, it was a good, it was an easy transition for me to go from school to into football, full-time football, because that's all I'd ever known and been around it. So it was it pretty easy, really, on that front. 
Yeah, and I suppose it's just like having a really, 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 really long apprenticeship, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like starting up when you're really young. Do you remember any, because obviously then your dad was obviously coaching with Nicky when at Chesterfield, wasn't he? But you'd have only been yeah. like, what, seven or eight or something at that time, maybe? Uh, yeah, yeah, I will have been young, yeah. But I remember it really, really well, really well. It was a, obviously it was a decent time as well, the, the, they did very well. Um, unfortunately, went into administration. I think it was Darren Brown. Darren Brown, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, did he own the Steelers at the, at the same time? Am I right? In- it was like, yeah, it was like loads of basketball clubs and uh, Steelers as well. And there was like a, he was basically pooling all this money together, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, clubs yeah. and then just running out of it, and they were just closing one by one. Did you hear anything around the house at that time? <laughs> I think I probably will have done, yeah. <laughs> it was a long time ago now. Um, but yeah, it was it was a very, very uh, re- memorable time in my life, that, because I remember the uh, players like Luke Beckett and Ryan Williams and um, Adam Smith. Um, still see Adam Smith every now and again, rarely, but... I see him on social media and stuff like that as well. Um, but he, I think he was a YT as I, when my dad were there. Mm. But it was a good time, that. It was a good time. And me and my cousins would always go and um, have a kick around. Um, they, used to, they used to train at, what was it? Was it the Sheffield Uni playing fields? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Warminster Road. Was that Warminster one? Road, yeah, that's it, yeah. Um now it just brings back really good memories. That was a, it was a really good time. That I enjoyed it. I guess you'd have been sat up in the in the wooden stand then, wouldn't you? Yeah, it's all to get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watching the match. Yeah. Um, so as you come down the corridor, there'd be the little gym right at the end. Mm, yeah, yeah, tiny it was. It was literally nothing. And then the home dressing room was on the right. Is it? Am I? Am I right yeah. there? Yeah, I think that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, me and my cousins used to get the big crash mat in the gym and lay it against the wall, and that'd be as net and just whack balls as for hours on end. <laughs> um, but now, it, it, like I said, it was it was a good time, man, really good. And th- and then you were obviously you were like a a youth player then at, at Rotherham, weren't you? Well, I actually I actually played in the Chesterfield Centre Excellence. Oh, oh, were you? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, we lived over where I live now, yeah. uh, over Barnsley, Rotherham area. And my dad got the Chesterfield assistant job, and then we we moved over there, obviously to make it to make it easier. Uh, but I was playing for Barnsley at the time to obviously stop my mum and dad travelling over three times a week, four times a week. Sometimes to, I went and played for Chesterfield instead, so. I think I had a, a couple of years there, and then when we moved back over, I, I took some time out of football actually. When I moved back up, when we moved back over this way, because I just I I fell out with it a little bit, to be honest. Um, my dad got frustrated with me as well because he knew that I had potential and I could be a good player, but. I think at that point I didn't really want it that much. I don't know why. Uh, 
maybe because it had all, like I said, like I said before, it's all I've ever known. So might have just got a bit fed up. I don't know. Yeah. Sure. I, I, I won't be able to tell you the reason. But after probably a year or so, maybe two years of not playing, uh, I started playing five aside with my dad and his mates on a on a Wednesday night. Um, and there was a, a scout for Rotherham there. And he said, oh, why don't you come and have a, have a training session? I think it was under 14s at the time. And I literally trained for about 45 minutes and they said, oh, we want to offer you a contract. So that was were, that were, that were pretty good. Um, is there any, is there any like pressure being the son of? <laughs> or, or, uh, yeah, it has been. I think I've, I've said this before in, in other things I've done. It's as good as it has been having, having my dad to guide me. It's always been good in that aspect that he's been there to guide me, which and I've grown up around it, and it's it has been very good. But there's been downsides. Um, like for instance, I had a I had a coach at Rotherham who played with my dad in his playing career, and they didn't get on, so he just never played me. <laughs> <laughs> so I was I was probably one of the better players in that in that age group. <laughs> he just never played me. Never got a look in. <laughs> I think my dad had a word with him one one afternoon. <laughs> After one of the games, he said, look, he said, come on, we know why you're not doing it. So I don't know whether it were a stern word or a, I'm not sure. <laughs> but I played after that, so it must have been all right. <laughs> well, it's interesting because I've had... Um, Drew Talbot came on and he was talking about how his... Kids now uh, are quite good at football. I think his son's just signed for Wednesday, I think. No, oh, United. Oh, right. Signed for United. Um, and he was saying that he, like, um, intentionally didn't take his kid to training because he, like, didn't want the kid to be like, oh, look, it's Drew Talbot's son. You know, yeah. so I think he was like, he got his wife to kind of take the kid to training because he wanted to, like, take a step back, which I thought was quite interesting. Well... I I started taking my little boy. He's never really shown much interest in football, in in kicking a ball around, or it it, it kind of has, but not not massively. So I said to my missus, I said, until he really wants to do it, I'm not I'm not going to be that pushy yeah. pushy dad. I don't want that. I said I don't want to be that that dad. So, but he ended up wanting to go. So I. I I have started taking him, but it's um, is it an age now where it's it's just a bit of fun? So, but I probably will get to that point where it's going to be um, it's going to be difficult in some ways. But I I won't be pushy. Um, it's a it's a tough industry to be in, so I'm not. I'm not sure I want it for kids, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, in terms of like, well, this is number 53, I think, uh, people that I've spoken to now. It's not a very secure industry, is it? <laughs> I mean, the, the no. highs the highs are like proper oh, highs, aren't they? Uh, which yeah. I can't imagine you can match from no. a lot of things in your life. But again, like job security and stuff like that at the same time and like injuries that come along at the same time and things. It's, you know, there's it's, downsides to it as well, isn't there? 
Yeah, like like you said, the, the highs are very high, but the lows are very, very low. Um, and every, week by week, it's a roller coaster. And I just, and that's what I said to my wife when I was probably being a bit silly, thinking, oh, he's four year old. I'm not sure I want him to go, but I'll just, whatever they want to do and they're happy to do, I'll, I'll support them. So, but I, I won't be, uh, I won't be pushing him to do anything in particular. Well, I've got two sons, one, one's, one's four and one's two, but they can do whatever they want to do. And if that's footballing, great. If not, not a problem either. So then you ended up kind of leaving Rotherham as a, as a prospect. And you, you went through, I mean, it was quite a short spell of time, but you went to like a few different kind of non-league clubs, didn't you? And yeah. I think it was like famous, working as like a kitchen fitter or something like that at the same time. Yeah. So was that like football career? like start putting that to one side or was it still uh, kind of the ambition? Uh, yeah, it was always, it was just being real. Um, I got released by Steve Evans uh, after my first year pro. I had four managers in that in my first season as a pro. One or two liked me, one or two didn't. And that's, as we know, that's football, isn't it? Um, it's a game of opinions. And it it was it was tough. It was tough to take, but you have to you have to move on fast. You have to get real. And I thought, well, if football is not going to be my life, then I need to do something else. So I did a electrician's course when I left Rotherham, but still played, obviously part time. Um, and a friend of my sister's. Uh, fitted kitchens um, and he said why don't you come and why don't you come and do a bit of work with me he said I'll I'll teach you this side of things and you can do you can do a bit of your your electric work while you're still getting qualified so I thought yeah I'll I'll do that um, and he it was it was sound with time you know to go and play football and he, he understood and it, it it worked out really well and he's He's become a, a lifelong friend, so it's. Well, I enjoyed it. To be fair, I did. I enjoyed it, and it's, and it gave me that push as well to get back into football, because as tough as football is, it's also an unbelievable job, um, and it's what it's what we love doing, and that's that's why we do it. So. It went, it went, it went well, and you were understanding, and it allowed me to, to still focus on football a little bit. Um, but yeah, I had, I had a few, I had a few clubs. It was hard in non-league, really hard because it's very clicky. Yeah, yeah. Very clicky. I can, I can like, imagine it. I can imagine it. Oh, is, is it much worse than kind of league football then? Oh, miles worse. Hmm. Miles worse. Um, I went places. Lads had contracts at certain clubs. I was on. I was always on a a non contract. You kind of will have a look at you and see what happens. And uh, I did well at a few places, and it just didn't seem to happen. I'm not sure why. Um, and then I ended up signing for FC United, and I absolutely loved it. Probably one of the one of the most enjoyable times of my my career. Well, 
before my career really took off. Really, um, yeah. I loved it there. The fans, everything were were really good. The the manager, Carl Margeson, it was a, a really good time, and I think I only ended up playing about twenty games for him. Yeah, I was looking. It it wasn't that many really. So you had spells. Oh, I've got me who were uh, Steady Bridge Celtic, uh, Buxton. They were loans then while they were at Rotherham. Oh, they were loans at Rotherham. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then uh, oh yeah, and then uh, Gainsborough, Scarborough, yeah, Ferriby, and then FC United. So I mean, they're quite like I imagine the travel time and stuff like that. If you're going, that, that's like, training a couple of nights a week or something like that. And yeah, it was it was it was hard work. But me, me, to be fair to my daddy, like he always has done, he he did everything he could. Drove me there and everywhere, and was at every game. So that was a a big help, uh, but I, I, I love my time at FC United. I've got nothing but good things. I, st- I still go back to a few games when I can. I've not been for a while, to be fair, but still go back when I can. Mm-hmm. I've had um, Jonathan Smith on the podcast. who was with us a couple of years ago. Who's now at FC United, and he he says the same. He's really enjoying it. Yeah, it's, it's a great club. Really good club. time. First half. So two minutes of stoppage time to play. Norwood. Oh, given away there to Morsi. The Doyle ahead of him. And Banks with a chance. Ah! Oh, I say, Ronnie Banks! What a fantastic goal! So I suppose it will have been. Would it have been Paul Mitchell then that. Uh, in terms of how you ended up at Chesterfield, I don't know. There's, there's, there's a few. There's a few that's took credit for it. <laughs> yeah, Paul Mitchell was the chief scout with, with Cookie. Um, I find it weird calling him Cookie. I, I spoke to him not long ago, and I, I still call him Gaffer. I can't. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't find it in me to call him Cookie when I'm speaking to him. Um, but yeah, it was Paul Mitchell, Liam Richardson, obviously the gaffer, um, Kev Lynch. Um, well, it was interesting when uh, Cookie was on because he was saying that you know he'd been he'd he'd known of like uh, Jimmy Ryan through other circles, and someone else knew Sammy Morrison through circles, and like Paul Mitchell was picking up like Aaron Chapman because he was watching lots of. Um, kind of local football and stuff and it was interesting how it seemed that everyone was kind of picking out names and then it was I suppose as for you then was it quite a nice squad to join because there was people that were quite established league players and some that were quite up and coming at the same time well when I got the when I got a phone call that they were interested in signing me it, obviously from from my dad being there and me being around it when I was younger it, it automatically had a good feel. I, I, I really, really wanted to. And they were, to be fair, they were top of, they were top of the league. I think they'd won like, they won six out of seven in that by the time I joined or something like that. Yeah, it was something like that, yeah. Flying, yeah. So I was lucky what I, I came into, to be honest, really, really lucky. Uh, and the gaffer were honest with me, we are we. He said, look, he said, you're coming in. Um, I went on great money. <laughs> at all obviously he said just come in prove yourself 
work hard and I'll look after you. And that's exactly what he did. Um, but I was so lucky with what I came into, like, like Sevilla Never, Sam Heard, um, Liam Cooper, Tommy Lee, Richie Humphreys. Like you said, there was a, a, an unbelievable mixture of experience and and that youthful side. And we, but we had a great team spirit. Unbelievable. Like we'd, we'd go out all the time. We'd go out all the time. That, that's come out of the game a little bit. Even in, even in the time I've been in football, um, last, what will it be now, since nine years? Since the sign for Chesterfield, is it nine years? Yeah, it will, it will be something like that. Wow. 13, yeah. Yeah, nine years. It'll be 10 years next year, haven't it? This is, football's changed in so many ways since since I first came in. Um, but yeah, we'd, we'd finish training on a Tuesday sometimes and there'd be 10 of us, 12 of us, sometimes more, straight into Sheffield. And I honestly think that's why we did... Obviously, we were a good team, very good team, but... I think that played a big part in it. Mm. We were out together a lot. We went for meals, we went, did stuff. It, it was a, a really, really good team to go into. And uh, Gaffer and his staff were, were brilliant with me. He actually said to me, he said, I don't think you're really going to play this first season, if I'm honest. He said, but just, just see what happens. And then obviously... Uh, Ended up, I think, ended up playing about thirty something games that season. Yeah, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, and it was interesting as well because your first, I think, your first appearance on the bench was that four three defeat at Morecambe. Yeah, oh, it, wow, it was yeah. absolutely crackers. I remember that game very well because <laughs> we were cruising three nil at half time, and then it all went dramatically wrong. It's kind of an interesting game to be the first first time on the bench. <laughs> Well, I was, I was sat on the bench next to Aaron Chapman. I used to bring Chappie into training because he couldn't drive. And um, I went on very good money and we were three and up at half time and the win bonus was decent at that time, so I'm nudging Chappie. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, we're going to get a decent bonus here. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then that happened. But no, it was a, it was a mad game, that. That was a mad game. And then your actual first then appearance was actually a derby, wasn't it, against Mansfield? I think yeah. J- yeah J- JPT. Uh, the match. Was JPT then, yeah? Yeah, it was JPT. JPT we, won, yeah. Uh, we won 1-0, I think it was... McSheffrey, uh, yeah, got the goal, yeah. McSheffrey, yeah. So what was that yeah. like, having a, having a Mansfield derby as your first? Well, I was sat on I was sat on bench and the atmosphere was unbelievable and... I weren't sure I was going to get on, to be honest. I don't think there was a plan to put me on or not. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was nice to get on and just settle the nerves a little bit, really. So, so how do you go then from being the you're not really going to play <laughs> this season to then you got a little spell in the team kind of quite shortly after that and scored I think did you score like three games in a row or something like that, or a couple of games in a row. And then you got the yeah. you got the football league like young player of the month, didn't I think, you? I think I got six goals in five games or some some something like that. I've got um, the I've got the list here of, of, of games at the start at the start of that season. The, yeah, so you were you got uh, no Rochdale two against Rochdale, and then you scored against Torquay the game after that, and then you scored after scored against Wickham the game after that as well, and then 
Uh, scored against Exeter a few games after oh, that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they were they were, and then you scored against Bristol Rovers as well. So they were kind of yeah. flying him, weren't they, around that time? So what's how is that just enthusiasm, just getting exposure in the team? Kind of what do you pinpoint it down to? Probably a, a mixture of feeling I had a point to prove, um, feeling that I weren't going to let the opportunity pass me by because I've had I, it's happened before. I've I've come, I fell out of the game before and then and I didn't want to let it slip away again. Um, but also, just the, the gaffer put so much. Uh, what's the word? Um, a bit, of, probably a bit of trust in me, which mm-hmm. is not, that's what you need from a manager. And he, he just let me go out and express myself. He said, "Go and do what you're good at, and just enjoy yourself." And that's what I did. I, I remember probably about five or six games of being in the team, probably a bit more. Uh, we played Dagenham and I had an absolute shocker, like horrendous. And he put, he, he took me off at half time and rightly so as well, I was shocking. <laughs> and then the Monday morning come and he used to have to walk past Gaffer's office back to the changing rooms. I went, oh, shook me head, I was a bit sheepish, stuck my head in, I said, morning, morning. They went, oh, it. Oh, no. <laughs> I just thought, oh, no, what's he going to do with you? And then I went in and he said, he said, look, he said, you've been, you've been unbelievable for us. He said, don't worry about that. He said, we all, it happens to everyone. He said, you've, you've picked up, you've picked us up when we needed it. So it's our turn to pick you up. And I went out of that meeting and felt like I'd had the best game I've ever had, even though I'd been the worst I've probably ever been. And that's what he had a brilliant knack of doing. You could go in his office with a problem or with something and you'd come out feeling top of the world. And that's what that's what he, he did so well. Um, but we had some good players, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Gary Roberts, Jay O'Shea, Mark Richards, Jimmy and Sammy. Every, everyone, Tendai. So, um, so if a if a if a fellow pro kind of rang you up, of which you might get it over this summer, uh, because we'll probably have a bit of change, I guess, in our squad. And someone says, uh, "I've had a call. Chesterfield want me. What's Paul Cook like to play under? You know, what can I expect? What what would you say?" I would say it demands it demands a lot, um, but. He's probably one of the best I've played under, definitely. Um, he, I don't know, he, he, there's a, everybody respects him so much when you play under him. There's no, you don't, you don't back talk, you don't back chat and <laughs> cookie. <laughs> uh, but no, I've got nothing but respect for him. He, he gave me my chance and uh, I've always, I'll always be thankful for that. Um, and I'd always, I've always said that I'd love to play for him again. Um, when that'll be, I don't know. And if it'll be, I'm not sure. But um, I've always said I'd love to play for him again. He's a really good manager, and 
looking at Chesterfield this season, I think, I think there's a lot of luck being involved in it and the luck with injuries and, and stuff like that. But I think they should give Cookie time because you can you know what he does when he when he's got time is how many promotions has he got under his belt. Yeah, totally. And like you say, I I only had what an hour on like a, a call with him. And I came out feeling like 100 feet high after that. Because <laughs> it's it just, it just got that kind of, I don't know, it's just got a persona that just kind of makes yeah. you feel good, isn't it? It's interesting. He has, he has. And that's, like I said, that's what he was so good at doing. Even even lads out at team. Jay O'Shea used to say, he used to go in into his office with, because he didn't play as much that first season, Jay O, as he probably should have done, with how good of a player he was. Um. But he'd always say, I've gone in there with a problem to, to see what's going on. He says, I've come out feeling like, no what? So, no, he was good at that. Richards, good first time ball, played wide onto that far side. It's Banks now, cutting in from the Chesterfield left. Gary Roberts, Jay O'Shea in space. O'Shea back into the area once more. Chance for Banks. And Chesterfield have the lead. The Spanish go in front in the eighth minute of the game. So, like that season, then um, obviously it all goes very well. Uh, yeah. Win a title, <laughs> have a Wembley appearance. It's quite yeah. nice, quite a nice way to do it. I think your, yeah. I think your last appearance that season was actually in the in the Wembley game as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was about ten minutes in. Smashed me foot a bit. Um, so it was a bit of a wasn't a great end a to it but yeah. it was n- nice to be able to I think I played my first game that season away at Worktop and then played my last at Wembley so I had to sit back and think well it's been uh, if somebody had said to me you're going to play at Wembley in March I'd have said no so I had a lot to be thankful for. Uh, just unfortunate that it it ended the way it did, but it made up for it being able to to uh, win the title and and get that over line. So it went it went nice, it was good. Yeah, and like you say, you probably played played a lot of games that season, and you scored about yeah, like you say, about seven goals, something like that as well. So it was good goal scoring. But you got nine in league and cup. Oh, yeah, that's probably yeah. Seven league goal, yeah. It was a good, uh, yeah, it was a decent return, really. So did your position change at all over that period? Because you've kind of played, at uh, Chesterfield anyway, you've played kind of a few different, you've played a, quite advanced, haven't you, in, in some bits and yeah. a bit deeper in other bits? Well, I I went in as as a midfielder, really, as a, as a wouldn't say a city midfielder, but definitely not a, a 10 or a wide of a three or... But Cookie must have seen something that he he wanted to play me a bit further up and I ended up scoring two in my first game in that position. So I think he thought I might as well keep him there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, but, and one thing everyone asks is why yeah, no, why no, the number two shirt? <laughs> do, do you know all it was? Is all, the only numbers that were left were really high ones, and I just thought to myself, in my head, the closest number I can get to the starting eleven, that's what I want to be. 
I want it because I want at the end of the day, I want to be in the start 11. So if I can have a number in that, that probably might sound a bit daft to some people, but that 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 would that's all it was, nothing else to it. Yeah, it's probably something that <laughs> it's probably a question that's going to follow you around from Chesterfield fans. Anyway. Yeah, everyone, everyone used to say, Why did you wear number two? and I just why not? I, I remember we had a manager years ago, uh, Lee Richardson, who is now working with Jurgen Klopp, who uh, um, who one season he just swapped all the squad numbers around, and we'd have like a centre forward with number three, and we had a you know, and it was like completely all over the shop. And I, I remember that season getting really angry <laughs> that that, uh, yeah. that a centre forward was got number three, and yeah. you've got like a centre midfielder with number five, and you know it's. It's the... Well, it was Cookie who, it, the, the, the season the season after. Um, it was it was probably pre-season. I came in, I walked past his office, he went, you can get that number two. Well, it wasn't probably as, I'm going to say it a bit cleaner. Back up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he said, you won't be wearing that number two again this season. I'm sick of seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> I said, yeah, no problem. <laughs> I weren't going to argue. It was t- it was Tendai then, wasn't it? That you got your number two, I think. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, it was Tendai. Yeah. So, so how was that season after then? Because obviously, if uh, league title obviously it didn't end that well, like you say with the with the injury and stuff. But then you're going into League One. Uh, what's what's it like that kind of change in, in pace and tempo and stuff like that? I suppose it was interesting yeah. talking to Cook because he said that actually. It it helped in a way, in some ways, because teams were uh, weren't sitting back and yeah. they were coming onto us. So it opened it up for people like Doyle to score loads of goals. Yeah, but I suppose in in a position where you're more kind of midfield, <laughs> it could work the other way around. I don't know what was what was it like. It, I, I didn't I didn't see I didn't really feel a massive difference. I think the only I think the biggest difference was in both boxes. The the strikers were more clinical, and you you had to defend better in your box. I I, I think that was the only really major thing for me. Um, yeah, but like Gaff said, it it probably it probably helped us and why we did so well that season that we had that um, that room because. A lot of teams in that League Two season used to sit back against us, didn't they? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And it it, it, it was interesting when we went up the league that that Doyle scored <laughs> that many goals. So I think he only got about twelve the season before, didn't he? Well, yeah, and I remember I remember at the time a few fans kind of going, Oh, you know, we've got to get a better <laughs> striker than him next season. <laughs> you know, because he's only scored twelve in League Two. I, I, I kind of yeah, the thing the thing, has, the thing we had as well though. I got nearly, I got nine. Robbo probably got 10, did he? Mm-hmm. Jay O'Shea probably got 10. Doyle probably got 10. Mark Richards probably got a few. Big Arman probably got a few. Everyone heard he probably, we had gold everywhere. Right, yeah. So it's not like, it's not like you needed a 25 goal, 25 goal season, man, did you? Because you had everyone chipping in. And when, when you've got everyone chipping in, it's it's probably better that way, really. Yeah. And it was, and 
at the end of that season, I'm skipping on quite a long way, but the end of that season, you end up like in the playoffs. I play striker. You were up front. <laughs> <laughs> so it obviously went uh, like it uh, like it does with Chesterfield in playoffs. We usually end up goalkeepers usually getting injured just before playoffs. I think that's happened a few times. Tommy, 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 Lee, didn't Tommy got injured. Um I've already come on in the game before in the first leg. I was actually the sub goalie. If anything happened to Tommy in that game, I was coming on as sub goalie. And his ankle went near the end of the game. And I thought, oh no, I'm gonna have to come on here. Was it that game or the game before? I can't remember. Lakers, one, one, of the, one of the games I would had a few a few injuries over the years as well, Tommy. So if you if you're an outfield player and you have to be the sub goalkeeper, I was imagine that's a bit anxiety inducing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um but what a keeper Tommy was. Oh yeah, incredible. Great lad as well. Great keeper. Yeah. So so what's it like then the, the whole playing up front? <laughs> he actually he actually told me, I think probably two days before. So I'm gonna play you up front. And I, I laughed. I thought you were joking. He said, No, no, I'll play you up front. But it was it was tough. Preston were a good team, weren't they? Mm. Good side. But it was a it was a tough game that but Klukes had a great chance, didn't he? Uh, when he, when we were when it were nil nil, yeah. he went through and um, keeper made a good save. But that could have been the the turning point that we possibly, but it didn't happen, and um, that was the end of that. It ended up being a bit of a a tonking in then, didn't it? Was well, it yeah, was that they had Beckford and Garner, didn't they, up front? So it was yeah, <laughs> coming up against that strike force. They were, they, were, they were a good side, weren't they, at the time? They had some good players, really good players. Mm. And it was interesting when, when Cookie was on, he was talking about how all the players went to went like out in Liverpool afterwards because they kind of knew he was going. And he was talking about how he was like crying in the car on the way home because it was like, because it was that period was obviously over. Yeah, we all went out. Quite, yeah. quite a strange time then at the end of that season. Well, he yeah. After the game, he he, he kind of said to us that this this is me, and it was it would it would it weren't nice that because we'd it felt like something good were breaking apart. You know what I mean? And it was, but he. He did what was best for for him and and his family. And well, I'll never I'll never criticise anybody's decision in football. Me, I know it's a bit different for fans. Um, obviously, your loyalty lies with one one club, but I'll never never criticise anybody. So all, all you try and do is the best for yourself and your family, don't you? So, he, and that's what it, and that's what he was doing. And I think he he went on to a massive club. So you can't really uh, particularly blame him, can you? Well, yeah, and the rug was pulled under from under him a bit, wasn't it? And yeah, it was going to be yeah. lots of players sold off anyway. I suppose it, it's an ifs and ands kind of question, but as as supporters, that the the that League One league the season after seemed like a pretty uh, well, the best strong team. All the big ones had gone up, hadn't they? So, what do you think that team could have achieved if it had stuck together for one more? Together, I think we'd have probably done better than what we did the season before. I really do, but nothing good lasts forever, does it? It doesn't. <laughs> <last forever. laughs> 
But after that, when you mentioned we went out in Liverpool, I think we all um, we ended up drinking in this pub with, with a gaffer. I've still got pictures on my phone now, like dancing with him and videos. Oh, it was it was a good it was a good it was a good send off. To be fair, it was a good night. That. Yeah, and it seems like that's that's the spirit. Is that's the kind of thing he's trying to build now. And over the last few months, there's been bits where they've been like they've been in the pub watching the horse racing and, and stuff like that, and they've been taking them boxing again. Did you did you like all the boxing when they did all that stuff? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they're not my fondest memories. Them. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, who were you up against in the boxing? <laughs> oh, I don't want to be up against that, do you? Can't remember, but they were tough sessions then. They were tough with Shinner. Shinner um, got everybody fit, but that boxing gym brings back nightmares, if I'm honest. <laughs> good though at the same time. It was good at the same time. Yeah, so that last season then with us. So obviously Dean Saunders came in, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, Dean, oh yeah. <laughs> Which I spoke to a few that played on him instead. He was a he was a lovely bloke. He had lots of good stories to tell, but he maybe wasn't the best coach that they'd ever played under. But he was he was a great. Yeah. Guy. That seemed to be the thing that people say about him. Yeah, I think I think they've they've probably summed it up pretty well. Yeah, great great guy, funny guy. Had some great laughs with him. He um, everyone knows the stories about him bringing prizes in for the. For the best trainer and stuff like that, he did that a couple of times. What did you win? I think he, I think he brought these wash bags in, like this Gucci wash bag, or <laughs> something like that. But and I was, it was sound, you know. I, I, I liked him. He was, yeah, probably wasn't the best manager I worked under, but he, um, he was a good guy, really good guy. It's always hard as well, isn't it, to follow something yeah. that's done so well. Um, yeah, of course, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a tough gig for anyone to come in to earn it, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, totally. And there weren't that many. Obviously, the squad had then broken up a bit, and a few players had moved on and stuff like that. I think there were you that were still there. Maybe Sam Morsi was still there and a few others, but a few had kind of moved on as well, hadn't they? So, yeah, uh, it was interesting how, I mean, did their squad dynamic change at all with that or was um yeah it was definitely a bit different um I, you see it i've seen it a number of times thing things do change and things have to change when when the new manager comes in it's it's a different regime it's a different way of doing things you just but you have to get on with it you, you can't just think oh i missed them times or this isn't as good as what it were. You just have to get on with it, and that's that's life, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. One thing I did want to ask about that season. Obviously, we had the FA Cup game that season against FC United, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So you got yeah. to play against against your club, and you scored as well. Yeah, I was. I don't think I was in the in the team uh, around that period. I was in and out a little bit under Dean Saunders. Um. But I think I came on with about half an hour to go and, and ended up scoring. Um, I went to celebrate and then remembered. So I had to tone it down a little bit. <laughs> Ollie Banks, who moved to 
the Sparrows from this club. Oli Banks will take on the shot as well and returns to FC United with the fourth goal for Chesterfield. The bounce beat keeper David Carnell shouldn't have beaten the goalkeeper here, should it really? But it does. It's four. Safe passage secured in emphatic fashion here for Chesterfield. 4 0. So, so we'll whiz on a bit, but so obviously you're at Barrow now, aren't you? And, and, yeah. and you're, uh, you're, you're turning 30 this year. Not <laughs> I mean, I'm turning 40 next year, so I mean, <laughs> put it in perspective. But, um, what's does has the uh, what's the what's it been like throughout your career? I suppose you get to a point, don't you, where you hit the tipping point and you become like the experienced pro. pro you start becoming like the youngster or and then you start to become the pro and the the person that people look up to how how do you well, a, adapt to that i don't think you i don't think you reach a point i think it's more of a gradual thing like a build up over probably a couple of years really because when you're 25 you're still seen as a young player really um what I'd give to be 25 again. Um, but aye, never mind. Um, yeah, it's probably a gradual thing. And then you get to 26 and you're thinking, right, I'm getting... It's a weird one because between probably 24 and 26, you you don't feel... You feel young still, but then you get to 27 and you're thinking, oh, I'm only a couple of years off 30. And then you have to start... I don't know if you... Some play everyone's different. You'll have probably had different answers, but mm. I I've probably changed a little bit, not not consciously. Um, each club you go to, though, you you kind of assume different roles within within the dressing room. You obviously, I went into Chesterfield as a young lad, and I just wanted to fit in and just be part of it because it was such a good environment to be in, and. Yeah, yeah. Towards the end of my time at Chesterfield, you probably you become more confident in yourself, and because you've got a bit older, and you've got get more games under your belt, and and then as I've moved on, I've probably got a bit more, a bit more confident in myself, and it just comes with experience. You, you the more games you play, the the more you learn how to get through ninety minutes, and that's that's all it is. Hmm. I don't mean in fitness terms. I just mean in like how you prepare and just getting. You learn how to get through a game differently from when you're young. You just go out there with no fear and just play. But as you get older, things change a little bit. It's you start to feel a bit more responsibility as you get older as well. You start having kids, buying houses, and you, it becomes more pressure. Mm. If you think if I don't perform here, or I don't get a new contract, or I could be selling up, or <laughs> you know, it, that, that's the reality of things, isn't it? Um, um, this season's been uh, a strange one, a strange one, to say the least, um, but a good one at the same time. It's as a as a as a collective, it's not been one we wanted. Obviously, just. Just scraping by, um, but we started off so well. Um, Mark Cooper's I, I massive, massive respect for Mark Cooper. Um, I think he's a great coach. He's in me. He's in my top three managers that I've played under. 
Um, great style of play. We 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 absolutely hammered teams this season at times. Played some unbelievable football, passed teams to death. And but we just didn't have goals in us. We just didn't have goals in us. Um, no disrespect to the strikers that we've had at all. It's just we we just didn't take take his chances when we needed to, and that's. And then obviously, Coops lost his unfortunately lost his job, um, which is which were a real shame, because um, I thought we could have uh, have built something, something decent under under Coops. Um, but like I've said before, you just have to get on with it and and move on. But I've had a good season personally. I've, I've had my best goal scoring season. I've been so you scored some, scored quite a few goals, haven't you, this season? Yeah, twelve this year, um, and I've been captain for most of the season as well, which is which has been which has been nice. It's it's a pleasure to 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 captain to captain teams. So I've I've enjoyed that. What what kind of captain are you? Are you like a a blood and thunder kind of captain, or are you more of a like a lead by example? Kind of captain. Um, probably, probably a bit of both. I'd say it's it's an hard one as a captain when you because obviously we all make mistakes, and you think to yourself, I can't really have a go at him because last week I I, I I made a mistake, but you, you have to you have to. You can't look at that, so you've just got to be consistent and I've tried to be. Um but I like to, I'd like to think I've been a been a good captain. Um and the and the lads have thought so, but um different managers will give you different things of what they what they think makes a good captain. And I, Mark Cooper wanted me as captain because I carried out what he wanted. That's not to say that the next person come in or the person after that, the person after that thinks the same thing. That's that's just football. It's opinions, and which is fine. Uh, but now I've I've enjoyed this season. It's I'd have preferred to have been pushing for playoffs, and well, we all would. But it's um, just unfortunate that we couldn't we couldn't do a bit better in the league position. Well, it's great for Barrow, isn't it, to be, uh, you know, getting into the league and then staying there, you know. And yeah, it's proved the last few years that there's no club from the National League has gone down again from League Two in, what, like 15 years or something? It's like a ridiculous statistic, isn't it? Yeah, well, when I when I were at Tramia, we I went on loan um, in the previous season. I think I only played about nine games in the National League. Then they ended up getting promoted. Um, and then I signed permanently and we ended up getting promoted straight again. So it's, and I think Bristol Rovers did that as well, not long before. Um, a few teams have done it and it's, all I think it is, is you, if you get on a roll and you're confident and it, you get into winning habits, it, it can take you, it can take you, take you on. And I think, I think that's all it is. So for each podcast, well, for, from the more recent ones that I've done anyway, uh, I've I've kind of had a little bit of a, a subject, which are things that I've always wondered about as a football fan. Yeah. But it's quite a good opportunity to ask people about. And obviously I've got a, 
I've got a five-year-old and a three-year-old. You've got a four-year-old and a two-year-old, is it? Something like that. I have, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wondered how it all works, like having kids and parenting when you're a footballer, because I'd imagine if we got to playoffs now and one of our players, <laughs> you know, his, his partner had a baby, you never get the, oh, they're on paternity leave for two weeks. Oh. <laughs> fans, <laughs> fans will not allow that one bit. But actually, it's it's kind of, uh, I, I wonder what the whole thing about is, is whether you think paternity leave or things like that will ever become like a thing in football or whether you think it should be. Uh, it's a difficult one because if you're in the team, you don't want to come out of the team. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard. It, everyone's situation that will be different because you could have a player that's not playing in team and they'll be delighted to have a couple of weeks off and enjoy the time at home with a newborn. And then you've got this, with with my two. I've had I've had literally one day off for for both of them. Mm. Um, we had we had Ted when I was playing for Swindon, and we were living in between here and Swindon. Which were tough, but at the same time, me and my wife always say it's probably one of the best times of his lives. Um, so, and then uh, Rudy, my second, he he was born when I was at Tramia, and we had a game the day after, and he was born, and then I played the day after. Well, that was that was the follow up question I was going to say. You see it loads of times where you're like, oh. They had a, their child was born early this morning, and now they're here. They are in Torquay at three o'clock, yeah. <laughs> ready to play. And you just think, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't think you can. I don't think you can say really. I think everybody's different, and you've just got to do what's best for you and your family at that point. And if, because that that comes before anything, in my opinion. So, but yeah, you you probably ask ten people, you'll probably get ten different answers. And, and like I remember many, many times during like the first year of both my kids when you would have a really rubbish night's sleep and you've had like an hour's sleep or something like that and then you have to go to work. And, you know, it's all right if you're kind of in an operational job at a desk or something, you can kind of hide for the day and just keep necking coffee. But if you have to go out and perform in front of a few thousand people for, for an hour and a half, is it... Is it is that an, an easy thing to get through or is it just a... <laughs> uh, no, it's it's tough. It is tough. But like I said before, you when you become a parent, you you take on that responsibility and you just have to you have to get on with it. I, I used to... I still lived here when I played for Tramia, so it was a two-hour drive every morning. And I travelled with... Um, Liam Rydold, who was at Bradford now, used to be on loan at Chesterfield, left back. Um, he's one of my was one of my best mates. To be fair, we would see each other all the time, and uh, he always says to me now, he said, "I don't know how you used to do it, drive to Tramia. Sometimes I'd do it on literally half an hour sleep, just because. You, well, you'll know yourself. You some nights you just it's impossible. Yeah, it's impossible. Um, and I like to, I've always been a hands-on dad. I don't, I, I've never, I never like to just leave my missus to it. I don't, that's not, it's not for me that I no getting, go and get in spare room or, no, it's not, that. that's not for me. Um, 
to be fair, I've probably had some of my, my best games when I've had a bad Friday night. So I think it's just in your head. I, I, obviously, it'll come to a point where you, you're physically exhausted, where you can't carry on. But no, I, I, I've just always kind of just got on with it. And I've, I'd rather be there for them too than kind of cost myself that little bit of sleep <laughs> and like you say you I think when you become a parent you very quickly learn how to operate on a couple of hours sleep quite quickly and you'll think oh, like, yeah. wow if I was like 21 there's no way I could be up and moving right now with the amount of sleep I've just had last night but it's amazing how how quickly you can adjust to things like that isn't it <laughs> yeah oh yeah gosh yeah, you just you just power through don't you yeah so I suppose then other things like you, then you start I suppose you when you're younger, you don't really mind if you're moving around all over the place and you can kind of play in each corner of the country, I suppose, can't you, if, if you need to? Yeah. Was, I, I suppose you like it's better to have more of a fixed base, isn't it, when you've got kids because of schools and kind of everything. Yeah, well, well, I, I've been quite lucky, really. Um, only time we really moved away was um, when I were at Swindon. And to be fair... To be fair to Swindon, they, they, they sorted me, me, my wife and, and Ted a lovely house in Sirencester, which is a lovely place. Um, so, and, and that was one of our, our better times that, we, that we've had. Um, so, but it, it, it was tough, the, the driving. Um, I think it was like three and a half, three and a half hour drive. Um so it were tough, but like I said before, you just you do what you have to do, don't you? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, thanks for that. That's answered some of my questions about <laughs> parenting as footballers. I just find it fascinating uh, being able to get an insight into these. There's, there's a nice. There's obviously a really good side to it that when kids come to watch and I've had I've had them come on the pitch with me a couple of times, and it's 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 great in that way. And, Gives you that little bit extra when you look in crowd and you see that there. It's it's good. It's nice in that way. And I suppose with training and things, you get to kind of do the school run and stuff like that sometimes as well, don't you? If, if training's yeah, yeah, how um, far you are away, I suppose. It's it's rare that I'm that I'm not home to pick them up from school and stuff. So yeah, that's that's another nice side to it. Um, that was the thing about us having kids at a young age. I wanted them to be able to. Come and watch me play and, and see and see that side of things because obviously um like you've reminded me earlier, I'm 30 nearly, so it's gonna to come to an end soon. <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm I'm not I'm not getting too doom and gloom, but like <laughs> do you start to think have you started to think now about whether you actually would like a career in football after you retire or whether you want to just split off and do something completely different because it's interesting I've spoken to loads of people now and a lot of them seem to have quite formed get to a point where they form quite a strong opinion where they're like no actually I'm I just want to leave it or yes I'd like to stay in it well I'm a bit um in my younger days I said I didn't want to stay in football um I'm, I'm I'm not sure where I'm at at the minute on in regards to staying in football. I think it'll it'll, it'll depend on where I end up finishing my career and if it falls into anything or I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to wait and see on that. I'm not sure, I'm not too sure yet. 
I do, I do think I've got something to give on the other side, but I'm not sure yet. I'm not sure. No, you got loads of time. You got a decade yet. You play for another decade, I'm sure. <laughs> I've never been fast ever, so I can't lose the pace. Just <laughs> <laughs> go some belters, I reckon. Well, well, which is your favourite goal that you've ever scored? Uh, I get asked this one quite a fair bit, and I've got favourite ones in different ways. From probably in terms of what it meant, probably the Tranmere playoff goal is probably the one of the more important goals that I've scored. And then pure from like a technical point of view, the when I scored for Tranmere against Peterborough, the volley, and my goal against Barnsley this season in the FA Cup, because that was good in a different way because all my wife's family are Barnsley fans and I've got friends who are Barnsley fans and <laughs> I live in Barnsley. So that was, it was good in that way. Were you, were, you, were you trying to work out who to celebrate in front of? <laughs> I imagine it's funny because my me, me wife, me wife and kids and some of my family were in a box in the, with the Barnsley fans. <laughs> so, and then obviously our fans behind the net. Um, that was a good, that was, that was an unbelievable day, that. Unfortunately, we didn't win, but it was a good day. Well, Barrow needs something spectacular to get back in this cup tie. Ollie Banks poised. Oh, he's hit that brilliantly! What a goal! And 10 man, League Two Barrow are not done yet. That was very, very special. I just wondered. From like Saltergate era players, I've, I've, a lot of them, I always ask them what they had from Linda's sandwich shop, you know, the little sandwich shop on the corner at the end of the road. And I used to go there. Did you used to go there as like uh, a, an eight-year-old or something? Six-week holidays, I were there every day. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. So what did you have from Linda's? Tuna mayo, white on a, on a big, you know, them big, massive... Massive. Like, bread cakes, whatever they're called. <laughs> This is this is opening another debate. Oh, it is. Yeah, that's another half an hour. Rolls, bats, <laughs> bats, bams. No, that's, that's an argument for another day. That isn't it. Did you used to have to go and get everyone else's orders then? Yeah, me and my two cousins and used to go and. I think some of the players used to. We used to get players' food in as well, and yeah, it's um, that. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I was going to say, because I think it was Jamie Lowry, I think, when I had him on, and he was obviously like a YTS for, for a time. He said that they used to pick which players they'd go to because they knew who was on the best salary and they'd get to keep the <laughs> 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 yeah. pocket, pocket the change. <laughs> oh, yeah, always. Yeah, you have to do that. <laughs> but what, one day I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come up with a, a spreadsheet of all of these, uh, what everyone used to have, because there's some... Uh, some really interesting answers to the what sandwich you got from Linda Salmon Shop debate. Yeah, I've always, um, to be fair, I've never been a cold sandwich lover. So just a plain tuna mayo for me, pretty bog standard. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, I don't think that you're the first person to say that. I think I've had a few yeah. tuna mayos. I'll have to find out who they were. 
Um, that, who was it that had Chinese chicken? That was the one that blew my mind the most. Someone used to have Chinese chicken. That sounds horrendous. <laughs> Doesn't it? Uh, <laughs> anyway, so last question then. So you obviously uh, title win at Chesterfield. Have you like kept? Where have you kept the medal and stuff like that? Do you keep all that stuff? Is it just in the loft? No, it's in my. It's in my extension. I've got. Um, I've got my debut shirt against Bristol Rovers, my league debut shirt. And then I've got my Wembley shirt. And my medal is in a... My medal and my uh, player of the month and stuff like that is in my... It's in my mum and dad's house in a, in a cabinet. Nice. So it's, it's, up in, it's up in the house, to be fair, yeah. It's up in there. It's, uh, and, and I mean, I suppose it's a really nice journey then for you, isn't it? Just to finish off with having that whole Chesterfield link kind of growing up and then and then making, what, 90-odd appearances for some, something like that over those seasons. It must be quite nice looking back to have had that chance to to play there as a player. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I think I said to you earlier, it, when that call came and they said they were interested in it, Obviously, not being far away from home as well, everything would just fits fit into place so well, and um, just nice. I went on to have some some good times there, and um, I've always I've always said I'd I'd love to play for the club again. Um, whether it'll happen or not, we don't know. But I've got fond, fond memories, and I always I always look at the the results. Put out by Ryan. Jimmy Ryan receives the ball again now. Again, there's only Nondwele up front at the moment. Eastham's header. Only into the path of Roberts. Roberts now has a good ball for Banks. Ollie Banks! Makes it 3-0 to the Spyrites.